Welcome to the Joe Contractor Show, a podcast created by three regular Joes. The Joe Contractor Show is a place where trade professionals, business owners, and homeowners looking for solid advice and amusement can hear stories of great success and great failure in the turbulent and unpredictable world of construction. On the Joe Contractor Show, we dig deep into the realm of remodeling and construction. We chat with construction trade professionals, business owners, and homeowners alike. We support local independent contractors and those who put their trust in the hands of these capable and hardworking business owners and tradespeople. We discuss construction and home maintenance from multiple angles, and we do it with compassion, purpose, and humor. Listen as Lori Merrick and Sam, along with a wide variety of guests, explore topics related to construction, homeownership, small business creation, and more. A quick reminder, don't forget to send your questions to questions at joecontractorshow.com. And after you've done that, please take a moment to hit the like button, subscribe, or talk about us tomorrow morning at the local coffee shop. We appreciate feedback and critique, and it lets us know that you're out there and that you care. All right, we're rolling. So, uh, hello, everyone. Hi. Hi, welcome Sam, to the Joe Eric. Contractor Show. Good to see you guys. Yeah. What's really changed lately? Um, you mean the weather? Yeah, the weather. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like winter one day. Yeah, I know. know. Kind of overnight, we, we went from uh, what was a, really an extension of summer for most of it, right? For the fall, was was pretty pretty darn warm and then all of a sudden winter bam from sweating to freezing what was that was it uh friday or saturday but there was one morning where it had been it had been colder than normal slightly below freezing and uh very calm and there's a certain type of tree in town that drops all of their leaves all at once did you see those i drove around i think that was saturday morning oh the ginkgo they're the ginkgo biloba trees is that the ones that drop it, it's so cool because you, you drive by and it's like the whole thing just shed instantly and in whether they were you know a little bit reddish yellow or completely fully green they were all on the ground really pretty i love learning something non-construction related <laughs> oh, yeah that's right oh we have a show to do yeah. a construction related show well here we are we have a guest with us today Ready for this? Yes, yeah, Sam, okay. you get to introduce this All right, time. We've got Kelsey Sharp with us, who is, uh, what's the name of your business? Sharp Signs. Sharp Signs, that's about as straightforward <laughs> as it gets. And still cool, even though it's just your name. Yeah, Sharp Signs. I'm nodding fervently. It is very cool. Yeah. <laughs> you agree. Some Did you do it yourself? <laughs> Some people are born with a cool name. That's a good one. Yeah. Or got lucky yeah. enough. <laughs> so, uh, so Kelsey, uh, Sharp Signs, that's, uh, you are in the sign business and you are one of, um, one of the like remaining, uh, hand-painted sign folks around too, right? That's yeah. So I do hand-painted signage, but I also practice other types of, you know, fabricated signs mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. But yeah. So meaning what would, so, I, so what fabricated meaning? Um, like a lot of like dimensional lettering signs, um, like maybe using lots of different materials, wood, acrylic. Oh, got it. Um, forgetting the names of materials. Do you do this on computer metal. first? Um, 
Yes, and I'm very interested in practicing the discipline of hand-painted work as well, too. So I'm like, I just did my first sign that was kind of like a direct layout, you Uh know? So it was like one where normally I would render it digitally, like I come from a design background, I'd render it digitally and then give that rendering to the client and let them know um, this is exactly what it's gonna look like. And I had a client who was willing to go there with me and I was like, I'm gonna do a block letter. It's gonna be a thick and thin block letter. I can't render it in advance because I'm gonna hand draw it onto the building. Um, so yeah. a little bit, you know, I could give them a kind of approximate sense using a, a rendering, but I'm, I'm interested in um, also working outside of, um, I come from a background of like using a lot of computer aided machinery and I'm really interested in other stuff right now too. Huh. And how did you get methods. started with hand paint, doing, being, being, doing traditional hand painting? Um, so I come from a background of working with computer-aided machinery, right. and I was super ignorant to the fact that hand painted had this whole, like, legacy and history. Right. Um, and, yeah, I just, like, got a commission one day where the client wanted a type of direct application to the building that would be called hand painted but you know I wasn't thinking anything of it I was just like yeah I can do that because when you're like young you're like quite ignorant and I didn't know how they did it and I didn't think it would be hard and I didn't have any any sense of like oh I can't do this so I just like made a sign the way that I would and installed it on a building and like I just did it and they loved it and they loved it and it probably took me like 13 days probably took me like way too long but yeah it was like um i do hand painted signs now yeah four dollars an hour (laughs) (laughs) just like we always we've done that stuff too we've all been there right you live and learn but then figuring out you know that's how you figure out where what path you want to head down too right yeah do you do so mostly commercial then yeah mostly commercial yeah um like occasionally i'll have like um some residential commissions like um the commission the job site that i met sam on was Uh, my only um residential commission this season and it was where the client wanted some um they have a second home that's like a houseboat and they wanted some lettering and details done on the boat oh yeah i mean it was really cool too so it was uh i watched what you did there right and i was doing my own work my own tile work there but the the boats are tough like this is a pretty nice boat so to say like houseboat it's you know (laughs) it's a pretty nice boat um granted there were other you know much more expensive boats as well in the harbor there but yeah or like boats that looked more expensive because i would say it was like a classic car of a boat compared to uh like a the other boats were like 2023 lexuses and this was like a 1950s cadillac Uh, like a volkswagen van very fair yes yeah did you hang off the side of it to do where were you painting we weren't doing the exterior but i actually really do want to get a commission like that and i'm gonna be like i'm gonna be out in the streets trying to get that commission next season. I'm going to be postering Afton <laughs> and, and wherever, but it was interior. Yeah. Oh. What I would say is hard about it is like, what is level when you're like on oh. a body of water? It's weird that like, way. Where, right. how, like, you, oh. like you're painting and it's like, Look. you're kind of rocking. I yeah. mean, from carpentry, it's parallel Trump's level anyway. So yeah, sure. true. Yeah. you know, it's like straight. If it, if it to your eye, it looks straight, then whether it's truly level or not is like the old doors yeah. when you're trying to hang them in their right. kitty wampus all directions. And you're like, well, just what's the client going to see? Yeah. And so boats are also like notoriously expensive to get work done. So like you were doing small bathrooms and 
someone i mean that boat was pretty well cared for it's a nice boat um but you know nothing straight none of the walls are straight because everything's following this curve. long sweeping curve right. and there it's like and then a, a downward curve yeah and then it's like an <laughs> rv so you know like you, you can't so it was like old wallpaper but not bad wallpaper or something but you were doing lines you were sprucing up painting over top of this stuff to make it look really cool wow. adding a pattern to it yeah. I thought it was really neat. Thank you. Yeah. And I think that is like kind of one of those commissions that you just say yes to, even though you don't know what, like I was like, oh yeah, how hard can it be? Um, and it, it was really outside of the scope of what I would ever do. Cause that was very like, you know, you're painting residential interiors at that yeah, point. Right. But I think I, um, worked myself into a point where I really wanted to have a relationship with that specific client. Yep. So I said yes to a project that wasn't my dream project. And then I worked myself into a position with them where I got to incorporate some gold leaf gilding too. So oh, they got um, gilded lettering on their water closets and oh. it's like very cute. Yeah, very it, cool. it all turned out. I mean, it really did add a lot to it. So that's quite a range and a spectrum. Isn't it, that would be a hard job to bid. You, I'm guessing you bid your jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Was it, So you have another learner? <laughs> Um, yeah, I feel like we talked about that. So once again, I, I, I bid it out in this specific job, just thinking it would take me four days. So I was just like, this is four days plus travel and sundries, you know? Yeah. And then, yeah, at the end of four days, when we were like so far from, um, the end of the project, I feel like the client was super, super concerned. Like, you know, does this like change the rate? And I feel like, I don't know what your practices are but I always feel like I'm generally kind of like locked into that rate like like I'm, it's never going to be less than that right but it's right you know it's I, it's really hard for me to ever go higher than what I initially bid um and I actually s still feel like I made out okay financially but it was a massive so I bid it at four days yeah. and it probably took me 10 and it's not in the Twin Cities like it was a oh, commute oh no um but I was like camping out in Afton and I'm oh, a runner so I really yeah. made a whole experience of it like yeah. I was running and then showering at the marina I was yeah. living my best life yeah I met her out there she was definitely getting the most out of the oh, whole funny. experience yeah. yeah you don't here's isn't the common practice that you hear this is my bid it'll take me this many days i'm done <laughs> sorry right. it's not done <laughs> yeah i mean I, that's actually I'm since totally this kidding. is a construction related show that's it you you are in a strange position there when you get to that point where you've bid it so i mean i think from a client's perspective they just want to know what the cost is going to be mm -hmm. so, so that's all they care about right. yeah i mean it's really fair for them um that particular client i gave them a discounted rate based off of how many days I thought it would be. And I ended up I ended up making two or three more trips than I expected, and I kind of stuck to what I had originally. Sure. I, I, I charged them fairly. I think they probably looked at it like, oh, my gosh, this is way more than we thought, because mm -hmm. I said, you know, it'll be this, and I think it'll take three days or whatever, and I charged them for four, but it was actually six or something, you know. So yeah. it's, it's not a... It wasn't a win for me as far as like I didn't make my normal daily rate when I was out there. But at the same time, like you said, it was quite an experience and it was a lot of fun. And I know they're going to take nice photos. And yeah. And I think that's that's like the that's like the other thing, too. For me, most of my 
commissions, I can get really good photos of them. When you're working on a private residence, like for y'all, you probably don't get the chance to like document it super well, you know? Not always, no. Not the address or the names yeah. and things like that, no. Yeah, or like if you don't get those shots as you're leaving, you know, it's not like easy to return to. Nope. It's like that's someone's it house. It's ex- You know, it's not right. ever going to be in that pristine position again. They're going to put up some ugly blinds on top of your beautiful <laughs> handiwork or whatever, <laughs> no. you know? Yeah. Um, so but I feel true. like, yeah, it's really, it's really easy to document your work when you're working on exteriors and that I yeah. I actually I documented that one well too but I knew that I would normally factor into my rate a cost for documenting it because I hire photographers to yeah. photograph mm-hmm. a lot of my bigger projects mm-hmm. of course yeah. um and I knew that they were already like like their hard deadline was working towards a photo shoot so we so yeah, it's like yeah we, we knew that that was that. an asset that was going to be you know traded right yeah yeah, right. and there was just a uniqueness to it. And yeah, it's yeah. just like a say yes project. Yeah, that's the way I felt too. Like you know, there's other things I could be doing, but this one's fun. And the fact that it took a few extra days, like you know, whatever. So I drove out there a couple extra times. And, that, and you guys can say that a little easier because you're not paying employees. Those that's right. <laughs> and, and you know, so for me, it's a little harder when I'm like, if it were my time. Or, you know, it's a whole different deal. It's just making less per hour, but um, I really try not to lose ever. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, that was very detrimental to me when I owned my construction company too. I know exactly what you're talking about because it's a whole different deal. Right. I used to be able to be, have more flexibility in that. Now, if I underbid, man, I'm just kind of sunk. But I don't charge up. I don't, I don't go back. If we haven't said we've ran into any issues or, you know, this is, here's something it, we have a, we do have a policy that if I haven't told you and you haven't been able to make a decision on yes or no, you want us to move forward, then and that our carpenters or electricians just move forward and we just cover it. I don't go back at the end of the job and say, oh, oh you owe me some more money. You know? Yeah, I mean. It, it, so we do have our policies, too. You can't just leave a job undone, you know, <laughs> like it's 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 a bad reflection no. on your own work and stuff, too. I know, Merrick, you do a lot of your work time and materials are you used to right yeah i mean really that's that's pretty much where i'm at i mean the the bid i mean maybe once i have a larger outfit again the bid will come in more handy right now the bid is more just reserved for people that aren't comfortable with hearing my hourly rate yeah i was you know if it's like well this is gonna take me you know, it's it's like this job's going to cost a thousand dollars. They'd rather just hear it's going to cost a thousand dollars than they're going to then they're yeah. going to want to hear. Well, I'll be there for six hours plus. I'm going to be running here and there and running to get the and materials. I'm going to charge you X per hour. Yeah, right then, then they're like, "What? Yeah, yeah. Like I only make X amount, and you're charging more than me, and I'm a big wig." Well, I mean, so Kelsey, this is the the reason I I think this is actually important to talk about this stuff is because especially like, how long have you been in this? Five years. Five years. Yeah. And you still kind of feel like you're, do you like, are you established or you feel like you're still establishing yourself somewhat? I, I feel like I become less and less established like every day. So I feel like going like coming into it, I just had like so much confidence. Yeah. And then only more recently have I started to like learn how much I don't know. Sure. So I feel like I'm just I'm like I am very like I consider myself and and I think also because I've met some of these bigger players like Forrest and Phil, yeah. I consider myself an early career sign maker because I'm comparing myself to people who have been in this trade for a very long time versus 
initially I was comparing myself to people that I followed on Instagram and that's like a totally you know uh, what I mean? Oh, you that's kids. totally different. <laughs> you kids. Totally Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, you know, social media yeah, or yeah. just like you know yeah. yeah. That's that brings up a whole nother topic, which is um you know, I feel like there are people out there in the trades right now who are making a living as as Instagrammers or as social media posters more than they are actually at the construction. Like they're, it seems like some of their focus is on content creation rather than on actually completion of projects. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like not me making a whole narrative lifestyle video of my life while I'm painting this boat. <laughs> right? Is that it? Yeah. Well, you know. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I Maybe don't. you can make some money on it. Yeah. I don't know that it's good nor bad. I think that, but I do think that for those of us, like, like I'm never going to be an influencer. You know, it's not my thing to be, in a visual medium, maybe, but I feel like you are. Well, sure, sure, in different ways. But I mean, like, I couldn't trade what I'm doing to try and make a living as a social media influencer. So I, I think it's fair when people go into it and they kind of understand that they're they're making they're doing two things. They're they're completing a project, but they're also uh, you know kind of creating a lifestyle brand around themselves or something like that. Is that something that you're sort of doing in a way? Or? I can um, see it if you are. There's no shame in it. Yeah, I, I feel like that is kind of like cringe. And I would say that like I, I think that how I justify it for myself is like I am not creating a lifestyle brand around myself. I am doing like narrative storytelling on behalf of my clients and on, you know, and on perpetuating this craft. A the industry you know? itself. Yeah. So nice. it's like I think I think that, yeah, sometimes I can get a little bit like, you know, or I, I can get guilty of some of the more you know ick side of those <laughs> side of those tendencies so you feel and it just, too i absolutely yeah. feel it yeah but and at the I same time like i like just, what yeah. you just said though uh, like perpetuating the industry like so you know forrest wozniak does he does he mentor you at all like is he that kind of a guy yeah, yeah good you better forrest uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I know him too. you know forrest too yeah, yeah. not through not through business just just because yeah. he's that guy yeah i just met around him. yeah huh. He's an interesting I don't dude. Know. Yeah, you. I feel like you, as the sign painter, you're like coming in at a point when usually the building is still, you know, somewhat under construction. So you you build these relationships with contractors. Yeah, and you see them on job sites and. Yeah, well, and and I mean that's actually it's such a like not the normal part of our construction business, right? But everywhere you drive, everywhere you look, there's signs always, and I think it's it's like a. I don't know if it's sort of construction adjacent or if it's like a part of the trades or whatever, but it's an important piece. It's part of the trades. Like those guys yeah. patch buildings, when you know, which I would have never done. Like one, I hire full coverage painters like Jessica okay. to paint the building in advance, you oh, know. Sure. And then two, if there was like some masonry work that needed yeah. to be done, You're I'd be like, I'm not comfortable or <laughs> this is extra, you know. But though, like I've been on a job site with um, Phil where he literally took time to like, you know, and Pat. what's Phil's business? Phil what's, is another um, sign painter. But what's in town. his name? Does he have a business for himself? Just to promote mm -hmm. our local folks. Yeah. Go ahead. So Phil Vandervart is a seventy-year-old sign painter in Minneapolis. Okay. Um, who's done a bunch of work in this neighborhood, huh. um, right along Minnehaha Avenue? Okay. All of those hand-painted businesses, Heroic oh. Games, that MBSC sure. yeah, yeah. business yeah. services. Huh. Um, 
E's Emporium, you know, okay. um, or whatever that place is. Um, there's a bunch of his work in this neighborhood and Phil's because they both live over south. Yeah. And grew up and work here. I, I just think it's cool because it's, um, you know, it it's without all of that neat signage like if you look if you look at downtown some of those old buildings those signs have been there for so long and they get faded and they become iconic parts of the community so someone did that work and it straddles the line between you know artisan artist artistry you know i I don't know it's a craftsmanship whatever it is but so do you are you doing mostly flat flat wall work or you do are you doing hanging signs or are you on tall ladders and hanging from buildings and flying through the air you do all of that yeah i'm nodding so i feel like i (laughs) i like working on this like um on building exteriors i think the one thing for me coming to minneapolis is that that becomes very seasonal work so you can't do that year round so i'll do a few big exteriors per season because i am mostly just one person Mm -hmm. um but i i love doing big exterior work i i um have told some of my sign mentors that one thing that i am more interested in is doing jobs where you have more rigging so like i i i've done jobs where a scissor lift is required but i really want to get more into big jobs where you need even more machinery and rigging like even like um you know some of those articulating arm lifts yeah like that articulating <laughs> okay so yeah how about the ones job? that come over the top of the building and you go down on the right. plank thing you're yeah. gonna do that oh, that oh for sure yeah so i now work on like ladders and planks yeah, yeah. yeah. um and absolutely so and where they bolted in and i'm like super interested in doing that type of work i don't know i just i just love it and i do feel circus like, <laughs> i feel like i was born in the year of the monkey okay oh. so yeah so you I like have the climbing part of I, it i feel like I don't have a lot of natural talent, and the, one of the things Says that I who? have, or I will I say, so I have, I work very hard. I feel yeah. like I definitely don't have a lot of, there wasn't a lot of inherent talent, but I think one of the things about me as a sign painter is like, it's always very handy to be this size, except when you're moving ladders. It's always very handy right. to be this size as a sign painter, and it's never, it's always been like, I've never felt the fear or the concern. Like, I'm very comfortable in that way. And I have respect for the machinery and the risk. Right. And I'm, like, super comfortable with heights and yeah. equipment. And did, yeah. did it, So did you grow up doing climbing and jumping around and swinging tree to tree? <laughs> no, I feel like, I actually feel like, not to be, like, super heavy, but I feel like you kind of, you, you can kind of bring this out of someone I feel like I grew up in very scary circumstances. So like my life now is like incredibly charmed. Like it's like, oh, you have to be on like a ladder, you know, it's like, (laughs) and I I just feel like it's like, there's so many other scarier, riskier parts of, of um, life, you know, that I didn't didn't necessarily grow up doing that, but I feel like this is like the the most chill thing that I've done. (laughs) (laughs) So where did you grow up? Um, so I'm from New Mexico, um, but I was adopted. So I grew up partially in foster care and stuff like that. Oh, wow. So like, yeah, when you, when you commented earlier, like, oh, that's so cool that you were just like born with a cool name. It's like, actually the name that I have is a name oh. that I got oh. when I was adopted. And I am like incredibly grateful for it because I feel like 
it's just like a really sweet thing that I got to do is like name my business after my parents who gave me this great name and so many other things yeah. that, you know, and I know that every, a lot of businesses like yours are named after their families and their legacy, but it's like, yep. for me, it has a, it has a meaning that I got to do that. And I feel like it means a lot to my parents that I did that because I was adopted, you know, quite, quite late on in life. And it's like, mm. I, I, you know, I had memories, I had core other different things going on before that, but yeah. it's like, you know, I choose yeah. to name my business after my family. Cool, and it very means a lot. cool, yeah, that's a great story. Did So why are you in Minnesota from New Mexico? <laughs> um, just random, I really, really love it here. I feel like. You go ahead. Um, Sorry, I'm just fixing your mic a little bit. <laughs> I really ruined it there. No, that's great. It's all you. Um, yeah, I where I was working in Santa Fe, it's mm. like quite a small town with a very low rental vacancy rate. So, you know, a, I need to be in a place probably like all of you where there is a lot of turnover and there's a lot of new new economic development that can sustain, sure. you know, like think about the fact that Minneapolis can sustain like five working sign painters or however many, you know. Right. Yeah, like, that's right. pretty yeah. incredible. It's right. a great place and, to and, be. And beyond that, maybe 30 sign shops. Right. Like on the, on the city of Minneapolis, not even St. Paul, on the city of Minneapolis roster for sign installers, there's like 30 names. Wow. Right. So I really need to be in a place that can support that. And yeah. I feel like where I grew up is also very, um, or considered comparatively quite rural. So it was like, between a few big cities to me and Minneapolis felt like at the time that I moved here an incredibly big city to me so sure. I don't feel that way now that I've lived here for a long time right and it kind of like gets gone. smaller doesn't it, it? it gets, gets smaller, smaller as well as you know I've had like more lived experience so I like go to Chicago and then I'm like oh I see that this is on a different scale of large city right. sure. um and and yeah you have all the like experiences of living in a mid-sized city and how small that can feel yeah, yeah. and then you start to get to know people and you realize, like, oh my gosh, we're all interconnected. Like, well, and then getting an established business someplace, and and, yeah. and here we do have even during recessions, uh, this Minneapolis St. Paul has stayed pretty up compared to most places. So with, with the economy and the Fortune 500 companies and the colleges and universities, we really are a little oasis up here. And I think it's. Um, you know, Don't go telling the, people they want to move up here now. Job. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't want to be here right now when it's going to snow and be cold? Um, uh, yeah, so I, I just think that you know it's a great place to to be and to have a business and. Um, yeah, and then the, then it turns into the small town. But once you, what I was going to say, I think, was that once you establish your business, get your connections, you know, it would be horrible to move someplace and start over. You know, I'm guessing you have so many connections now. That's why I'm still here. Oh, it's so detrimental because to move I, a business. I never thought I'd be really? sticking around. The connections here. It's hard to move a business. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I feel like I just did it and I actually moved here in 2019 so like right before the pandemic wow but okay I mean and you, yet, well you've thought through all of this which is great I mean you've put a lot of, of thought into your business and why you're doing this and kind of your future with it which I think is great but like if you've got an established business and you've been around for a while and you try and take that somewhere else it, it's difficult you know, I don't know if sign painting may not be as difficult as some other businesses, but I know but like ours a, are not mobile. Yeah, making yeah. a name for yourself, finding your suppliers, find you know to for and, sure. Yeah, you know where to go get this material. You know, you know where not to go. 
you know. Well, and and I think the people, even when you know your business well, it, you like there's the there's the effort that you have to put in to form the business. You don't have to do that again. You've already got that down. But then there's the effort you have to put in just to get to know anybody, like to have someone see you from the outside. And maybe that's a little easier with social media and stuff these days than it has true. been in the past. That but is yeah, true. I feel like yeah. it's kind of like in, in the world of like um, tattoo artists, um, you'll see tattoo artists do like a residency in another town. Yeah. And I feel like there is a there is a part of of the sign world where people will like even commission me, for example, outside of Minneapolis. So it's sure. like I get work outside of Minneapolis and I know like even Forrest was just on um, an out-of-state commission. Of and that course, happens, yeah. That, that happens. Um, and then like, yeah, like little like kind of pop-up residencies. I'm And I'm kind of interested yeah. in that just because of the seasonality of the work i'm kind of interested in figuring out how to make that work yeah, yeah. plus you, you don't love it here in the winter do you um okay so i i i've been here i have been here um but yeah I, i've been like fighting for my life a little bit you yeah. know doing my own snow removal at the shop and my house and blah blah you know it's like i am i am fighting for my life right but i i think that one and and also where i'm from it is like quite snowy and oh. and pretty cold oh, okay but um yeah i think yeah there's, so did, there's a few differences so did, so i don't i know for us for tools that's you know if i had to go to do a job someplace i mean i'd have a I'd, i probably wouldn't have any room for clothes it will be all, it'd be tools and more tools so i don't so what does your tool set look like like is it a suitcase is it the back of a pickup truck or what is it <laughs> yeah okay how much do you have so, to carry with you um so i think like i'm interested like okay when i work in like a kind of remote place like i'll work in northern minnesota that's like six hours away you're not running back to your shop to grab anything right. or i'll do work in like eau claire or even afton mm -hmm. um I feel like typically what my kit looks like is I have um, a very cool um, ladder rack on top of my car that one of my friends made for me who's um, a welder in town and so I can put like two or so ladders on there um, and then I have a um, I have like a van kind of and in the back I have a lovely little workbench that I made it's CNC cut wood yeah. and like has little like paint can holders and blah 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 I also have an old enough car that I can plug in electrical to my car so I'll like I can put machinery in there like a vinyl like a small vinyl plotter or something like oh. that wow. it's very sleek and run it yeah. off the car battery it's very cool oh, wow. um, and and yeah like I think I've had carpenters like laugh at me when it's like they're you know I see what their kits look like that they're schlepping into it and it's like here's my like um, lunch pail size painting kit so like obviously the footprint for um, my job site you know setup is quite small but then I also have like really big equipment so like I have at my shop um, like a uh, a laser cutter and mm. the bed of the laser cutter is like two foot by three foot right it has pass through so right. whatever unlimited um but the laser cutter like when it came it caused it weighed like thousands of pounds it cost <laughs> thousands of dollars to get it moved into the space because it's like huge wow so yeah. it's like I, I also understand what it's like to have a big footprint to your sure. machining and, and blah 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 yep yep very cool Wow. 
We should maybe take our break. Yeah, we can take our break. But yeah, you've got you're, you're a wealth of information about this stuff. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. No, you're doing great. Okay, we'll take our break though. We'll be <laughs> okay, back. We'll be back. We will be back to the show after a few quick ads from our valued sponsors. Wonder Woman Construction is a Minneapolis-based, woman-owned, residential and commercial construction and electrical company. Lori and her team pride themselves on their commitment to long-term green and sustainable building practices, and they apply their deep understanding of building science to each project they take on. They are dedicated to the complete satisfaction of every client. One more thing that you absolutely cannot miss about Wonder Woman Construction is the fact that every employee loves what they do and truly enjoys working with each other. The best projects are those that are done by happy people. And Wonder Woman Construction is full of happy people. Visit WonderWomanConstruction.com to get started on your happiest project ever. Kinetic Legacy is the company that powers the Joe Contractor app. Their unique platform blends the good parts of social tech with their one-of-a-kind data organizing system, giving communities, large and small, a safe, private space to stay connected and to keep information and memories organized. If you and your community have a shared purpose or passion and are looking for a better way to stay connected, contact Kinetic Legacy today at kineticlegacy.us. Find out how groups from contractors to campers, tribal communities, unions, and alumni organizations are finding their way to meaningful new spaces in this increasingly digital world. Again, that's kineticlegacy.us. Reader Home Restorations is a Minnesota-based, full-service residential general contracting company specializing in the repair and painting of historic homes. Whether your home needs repairs, painting, or remodeling, Reader Home Restorations has got you covered. We understand that every home, client, and project is unique. At Reader Home Restorations, we pledge to give you a long-lasting product while paying close attention to client questions and concerns. Check us out at www.readerhomerestorations.com. That's reader, spelled with two E's, homerestorations.com. The Joe Contractor Show doesn't let just any old company put an ad in the middle of a show this important. They have to pay us. Send us an email if you're certain your business should be featured on our show. All right, we're coming in for the second half here. Uh, Kelsey Sharp, thanks for joining us again. Sharp signs. <laughs> Sharp signs here in Minneapolis. So, I have a question. I don't know. I don't want you to give away any trade secrets, mm. but mm. but like, how do you draw? How do you paint a straight line on a brick wall? You know, because I mean, because it appears you see it where they they'll paint this brick wall and it'll like look like a crisp drawing or a painting but but when you it's you try to do it is what it, it is. is it's straight up talent <laughs> is there is there like a certain way you look at the brick or a certain technique <laughs> you use with your hand when you're doing it so that from far away it looks straight I feel like you have um, a lot of grace. Like a like a brick wall is actually not the most challenging surface to ah. install straight lines on. I think when you're designing to your own 
specifications you can also make your work more forgiving um and then also it's like is it straight were the bricks perfectly milled by this stonemason right. in the 18 you know it's like it's it just has to look straight it just has right. to have the appearance of straightness um and yeah i actually love painting on brick more than other surfaces huh. like it is fun and it's very forgiving um and then it's really cool when you get up on like when you when you get up next to a sign really close for the first time, you know, like I'll, like I got um, hired several years in a row to update this one building directory, but the first time that's like an exterior hand painted sign. Yeah. Um, a, a wayfinding directory in the North Loop. There's a bunch of, oh. you know, those type of building directories mm-hmm. that you see when you drive around. Sure. It looks like. Um, maybe a set of all of the logos for the business or maybe there's a unifying typeface and it's like a list of the building, you know, when there's a multi-tenant building. So when I got up close to it for the first time, it was really like when I'm like on the lift going up to see it, it was really interesting to see another person's work that close up because I think some people's work is very imperfect at that, you Mm. know, at that scale it can be there's a lot like, of like up close it, you see how imperfect it is yeah but from a distance yeah. and you get works. to see like their marks where they had their pencil and they didn't even erase it because that would be literally a waste of time because no one know. can see it yeah, right. yeah. Sure. it's really cool oh. to get up close yeah i mean so we've kind of you know i the the hand-painted stuff is to me like sort of the art and the fascinating part of it or whatever but you also make like if someone wants because i looked at your website really quick um, you make really nice interior or exterior signage that is completely fabricated and you can tell, but it's really nicely designed and, and I assume very durable and people are going to have that out there in front of their building for a very long time. You do that as well, right? Yeah. And I, I feel like I want to, um, I, I want to get more into that for the reason that I took out a business loan when I moved here and started working here and I bought a lot of equipment in that direction but it was also at the same time that I was getting really interested in hand-painted signage right. which uh, so it's like I kind of need to like go a lot of times for my business in the direction of the equipment that I have on hand at right. least until that's paid off right um but yeah, I think I I do a lot of that and I do like it's like I feel like as the as the rookie sign maker in town, I feel like there's certain projects that I can't be too good for. It's like I'm going to go and install your store hours in vinyl for $30. <laughs> you know, it's like I still right, I, I got I got to make a living. Yeah, yeah, and it's like with with my website and certainly with social media, it's like I'm probably sharing like a third or less of the work that I'm doing. There's a uh-huh. lot of work that's happening that is just like bread and butter type of work like um I do a few museums and galleries where it's like every time they have a new exhibit, we will um, update their graphics in vinyl. Um, But I don't really share a ton of that work. I can Um, can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, and sometimes they want to push in new directions. Like I just got hired by Minnesota Historical Society where they wanted to do some exhibition graphics for an an installation that's going to be up for two years in hand painted. Yeah. And I I think, yeah, I think I just want to be kind of like, sometimes I steer the design in the direction of my interests, but I also want to steer the design in terms of materials and approach in the direction that's right for the client. So it's like not hand painted work isn't right for every client. Right. Right. That gets closer to what I've been doing with my tile work. Like I, I, I'm starting to understand where you're at with this because I don't post, I don't post all of the pictures of the more mundane stuff that I do. And I certainly try and push people toward 
the fancier stuff that I really enjoy. Yeah. But don't you, we, we call that the sand and the rocks, you know, so we like the rock jobs, but we need the sand too. Oh, yeah. Totally. Well, that's not a nice little yeah. analogy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like not every project can be a big marquee project because it, when you have to do, yeah, it, it's just like a huge level mm-hmm. of development. You need, yeah, the stuff to fill in. The sand yeah. fills in the, yeah. yeah. Do you, um, what kind, do you use lead paint at all anymore? Um, I use enamel paint, okay. which is, you know, toxic for sure. Yeah, I don't well, believe do it has mean, lead in it. Do you mean lead or do you mean oil base? No, lead. We use, I'm gonna, are they still making lead paint? Day, I don't know. I think not all state, states you can use it. And yeah. we had, a. my ex was an artist and we had an artistic license to get lead paint from oh. sign companies. So, because it stands up to weather. Oh, it just holds up brighter. so much better. So we, oh. so we did a couple projects on doors and signs that we used lead paint and windows uh, trim and things like that. Um, but I don't know if it's if people are using that anymore or, or or not at all. I feel like signs are less good now, but they're not really using it anymore. And and, and yeah, like I feel like people like even with um, the big paint brand on obviously during the pandemic, things totally. It was like an earth shattering time to get like paint products. But oh, it changed your world as well, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. it did for paint. Yeah, yeah, for it's, sure. Yeah, it's it's like I feel like every time I paint with one shot sign painters enamel, which is like that yellow can, and it's the old one, and definitely was like a lead based paint company for sure, and um, whatever. But that's like the gold standard. That's the gold standard. And every time I paint with it, I feel like it's like opening a can of sardines in the zombie apocalypse. I'm like, (laughs) is this the last sign I'm going to paint with one shot, you know, premium enamel? And it's it's called one shot because it was designed to make you as a sign painter really efficient and be that single coat coverage. And And it lasts incredibly well. And it's like so good. And it's beautifully branded. So you feel like you're doing it the way that the guys with the pomade in their hair would do it. It's like you feel like you're doing it how they would do it. Right. Is yeah, there, and if, you, if you're, I mean, it, to me, it seems like, well, if you're just using it not, just for a sign, you're not eating off of it, you know, that, I don't know, should it be out well, Or the kids aren't licking it. No, you know? it like, should be high. <laughs> it should be away from where children are, but I you're probably like not too, causing like, trouble. Even just having to work with, um, like, paint thinner every day yeah. as a result of working with oil or mm-hmm. nail paint is is a big ask on your respiratory system and even you know yeah because maybe you're not licking the sign but i do i think there that it is very dangerous work in terms of the chemicals for sure yeah i was wondering if there's so there's there's got to be better products but not as good a products now right exactly Yeah. yeah so there's um a really interesting company um, there's a big hand-painted advertising company out based out of Brooklyn called Colossal Media. They do all those hand-painted billboards on the side of buildings that you see in New York. It'll be like a vodka advertisement. Mm. And those are all hand-painted. The iPhone okay. ads, oh, those are all hand-painted. Really? Sweet. Yes. Huh. And they just got, their big news is they just got acquired by Lamar. So that's huge news for the sign-painting world. Lamar is a big um, outdoor advertising yeah, company. Yeah, billboards, right? Yeah. Yep. And separately, they also started, Colossal Media started doing a product line with Ronin, another oil paint brand. And all of that stuff is really exciting. The pro- I'm like, please sponsor me, um, Colossal Media or Ronin. But the product is not like as good as 
the original, but I think that it's it's really comforting to know that we're still trying to pursue that and that there's going to be enough sign painters and enough hand painted work around that people are still trying to get that right. You know, it's like I think it's so cool that your iPhone can unlock by you know, looking at your face and doing a little retinal scan, can we right. just get vibrant paint to last? Can we just get fluorescent <laughs> paints? Right. right, right. I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean, it, maybe it was, maybe it was just easier to come up with those pigments that lasted when we were pulling it all out of oil and throwing lead in it and stuff, but they'll come up with new stuff. There, there's, I mean, it, and probably we'll find out years down the road that that stuff's killing you too, but right. um, yeah. you know, yeah. who knows, but... They're, they're working on things, I'm sure. So do you wear a respirator when you're painting or or in tighter spot spaces or inside maybe or, or cleaning yeah, up? Yeah, you try to take care of yourself? I now? feel like I try to take care of myself from a vanity perspective, but not necessarily in terms of like an internal organ. So like I wear latex gloves when I work with those types of products. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, yeah, when I'm working on a... My my shop has a really tough um, ventilation system, oh, so nice. that's or I mean like like not nice. Like I, we don't have oh, great, we not. don't have great ventilation, oh. um, and oh. and that can be hard. So I think that that's another thing where the work becomes very seasonal because when you're outside, you have yeah. kind of a little bit more of a built-in respirator. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, yeah, I'm literally painting you know signs inside during at a time of the year where you literally can't, can't crack a window. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and I have some, you know, ventilation because I also share my building with a commercial food company. So yeah. they, you know, they and they bought the building and they felt really like, you know, they want to make that as safe as possible. So okay. I have some ventilation, sure. but it's not great. Yeah. Okay. I'm going back to. So so we've got an audience. Right. And that audience, like, I think this has all been super interesting, but I, I'm wondering, like, so. So let's say you're a younger person and you're thinking like, what am I going to do with my life? And, and you're thinking, wow, this is super interesting. Cause I find it interesting as far as like what you've done, you've established, you've set up your own business where you took out loans. You have a, a space. Um, I'm not going to ask your age, you know, but, but you're relatively young, correct? You did all this. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel young. I feel like I'm like putting on the like loan application, like, please fund my lemonade stand. <laughs> <laughs> well, a good thing you can tell a good story too. I'm sure that helps, but no, you're one of those people that I wouldn't venture a guess, right? You could, you, you know, d- through my eyes, you could be 19 or you could be 36 and I just don't know, you know, like it's, you. but, but a younger person thinking about a business, like that's a daunting thing to go out and do that. And you've established it and you seem really well versed in what it means to run your business and how all of that works. And, you know, I would imagine at this point you've run into the things that we all run into when we start businesses, which is like bookkeeping, shoot, I'm not profitable or darn it. I have to work 11 hours again today, even though five of them are actually making me money and the rest of them are sitting in an office or, or whatever. You said you could help me, but you're making my life worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh, or I have to babysit these clients because they're all weird and emotional about everything. Yeah. Like you run into all of that stuff and you feel pretty confident, but I mean, it seems like you're doing great. Yeah, how's your business going? Um, I feel like things are going well. You know, I feel like I notice the gains that the business has, even if they aren't always um, financial or even if they are 
not exponential gains like we're yeah. kind of taught to expect if you are like of a certain generation you know um i think slow and steady growth is is really far superior to this super rapid agree. growth yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think there's definitely been struggles. I feel like because I'm, like like we said before, because I'm just now learning how much I don't know and I'm just now understanding my positionality on the scale of, like, experience that a tradesperson can have as I start to interface with more and more, you know, tradespeople, mm-hmm. I think that I... Am really candid, like with I think I think we all know that the number one place where things go most wrong is in client interactions. It's like figuring out all of the other yeah. stuff is yeah. like you know figuring out oh like I I love the joy of like talking to calling FaceTiming another sign painter and being like hey this surface is really textured how should we manage or I really need a fluorescent product that's gonna last for two to three years. That's you know? the problem side of it. Yeah. Problem solving side. You like that, right? I like that. Yeah. I think the hardest thing is navigating the any of the client interactions which is talking about the fees, talking about the timeline, managing their feelings. And I always like, I always use the metaphor of like, my clients are like brides, you know, and I'm, I'm with them at this crazy time in their life, you know, and, and that grand opening day is like wedding day. Mm. So it's like, I try to have grace with them that this is like a very stressful moment, but I think a lot the, of anxiety. the most struggle yeah. for me is, is in all of the client interactions. Well, and, and, your it's a whole different hat yeah yeah you know your piece in it is so uh, out front yeah too like it's got to be like this sign better look good you know even though it's not maybe the most expensive part of what they've done it's such a it's such a you know visual reference it's to the what wedding they dress. are yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's the what you know yeah. it's that, that's a really good yeah. analogy yeah. Yeah. yeah i think an important thing to remember that I wish I'd learned earlier on is that <laughs> put it out there. People have way more money than you think. <laughs> oh yeah. Company. You know, if they're hiring you to do, you know, it's like, it's like I'm poor compared to my clients. You know, even as my business grows, I get more and more wealthy clients. They'd rather know it's going to cost a lot of money and they're still going to pay that much money especially if you position yourself as an artist, because I do a lot of these exterior restoration carpentry things, and I'm like, look, I can make this house look the way that it did originally. It's gonna cost a lot of money. You care about that, right? Yeah, you don't yeah. want to slap vinyl siding on this. Right. You know, and, over you, top of your old stuff, you want to restore this. Or and, you could get somebody that doesn't really know what they're doing, and it's not gonna come out great. You know, if you position yourself as an expert, as an artist, as you're selling more than just a piece of art you're actually selling like an experience and they are choosing they could go buy a vinyl sign yeah right from, you know, from china <laughs> <laughs> no but you know i mean what he's you saying know? is you're, you're gonna get a different level of quality coming to you like you granted you're gonna throw in the vinyl sign that didn't take you very much time and you're not gonna charge a lot for that too but but yeah i i, I hear what you're saying the um not worrying, one of my clients a long time ago told me, like, you need to take the emotional side of telling me how much this costs out of it. It's not emotional to me. I just need to know. Right. If it's 10 grand, just tell me it's 10 grand. And uh, then yeah, make your money. Like if you you certainly this, do oh. keep growing. I'm sorry. Mary. sorry. <laughs> you, just, you just grow. There's. I don't love getting older, but I love getting older and the experience that I've had and all the mistakes I've made now that I'm, and I still... <laughs> There's still, there's still more to make, I'm sure. But <laughs> we have a saying in the office. We were just talking about it this week. 
that free gets no respect. Any job I've given a really good deal to, they 100%. ask for more. They're like, oh, no. Least, and nobody ever says, oh, thank you so much for giving me a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is rare. They really, what, they, what people really are looking for is a good job done well and warranted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and they all pay for it. So I don't even know if they're rich, but they will pay for it. Yeah, the most and appreciative n- clients. No, just always, nothing. Yeah, there's, there's my saying. Well, free I, gets no respect. Yeah, I'm completely with you. I think the other part of that is that they want their, they don't want to have any surprises. So like the same client that's perfectly willing to pay 10 grand for the project, if you tell them up front, if you tell them it's going to be five grand and it costs six grand for the same project, they're not going to be happy about it, but they would happily hand over the 10 grand to not have to deal front. with any problems. And, and no, no surprises. Exactly. Right. They'd, they'd rather have a pay an extra $5,000 than have a $1,000 su- surprise, right. ultimately. So are you are learning, s- Kelsey? Are you learning? <laughs> yeah. No, <I> think, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, this is skills. If, you, if you're skilled and you're good, you need to be paid for it, you know? And, that, and that, comes, I mean, I, that gets a lot of respect. Yeah, and I think you're looking at, you know, three people have been in a, a, kind of a grueling industry. <laughs> you know, it can be tough. And, and you saying that, that, like, for some reason... As a sign painter, I didn't even think about the fact that you have to deal with clients too. Like right. it seems, mm-hmm. doesn't it seem like that would be so much less than what uh, yeah, we what have we to do, deal with? That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, because, it's not any different. I mean, no. tell someone that you're not done with their bathroom after six weeks when you told them you're like, it's the only bathroom in their house or their kitchen's going to be another, it's delayed for a month because the, the, the countertop folks can't do it or something like I would always, I assumed that would be like the harder position to be in but a interior residential yeah. stuff. But you're right. It is like for a business owner, it is like their wedding day. And that is the dress. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. dealing with a lot of the same stuff. Uh, yeah. Or worse. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> some degree. I think the clients will also make you feel that way. And I just like try to, I mean, I think I've never had like a ton of urgency about me. Because I think part of it is <laughs> yeah. like you cannot rush this work like for example gold leaf gilding like you cannot rush that process um and i think like sometimes when i get into these situations with clients where there's you know this urgency i just like question that and i'm and i think like i really just try to be kind to myself because i know that i'm putting in the 12 hour days you know and i'm do i'm like doing insane stuff like i'm in the basement at midnight you know using power tools when i shouldn't be i'm doing everything that i possibly can so whenever i get in those positions where like the timeline is becoming an issue or the budget is becoming an issue which doesn't usually happen as quite as often i'm just like i just push back on that i'm like oh so there was a problem with the sign like the sign for the smoothie shop or is it like the sign for the life-saving cure for cancer that i'm developing you know i'm just like i will push back on the urgency sometimes because it's like uh you damn kids are so much more emotionally intelligent than i was when i was younger no it's true though i mean like like i would let people we just got a fan came on or something. It's the I think it's I, it's going to be totally fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> I would I would let those things get to me. I don't know if if you guys felt that way, but like man, I took it very personally if I was if I was putting someone out. But you're right. A lot of times it's just like this weird anxiety, and you have to look at them and be like, you know, the thing is like whether it's a kitchen or a sign, like I'm working at it and I am going to get it done, and 
six weeks after I'm done, you're going to like me again. But right now you think I'm like screwing everything up, but it's just not going to happen any faster. That's all there is to it. And I feel like too, obviously someone's home is a very, you know, incredibly important and super sacred space. And for me too, it's like someone's business. Like they're literally, the sign is like, they're hinging a lot is hinging on that. They, and it, they think their whole success might be hinging yeah. on it. And, yeah. and it might be if people can't find the business very easily. But I, I just... <laughs> I was just thinking about my... Yeah. I haven't done anything. Oh, so it's, well, we're I'm, like I've back-end developers. Paralyzed. This Guess who's going to have to figure out how to well, get you a no sign, sign on your building. You, you are on... You know, if I say navigate here, it does, come, it does work. I think does I it? put it up. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I think it might have been me for this have. one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, no, but I can see why it would paralyze somebody because you're putting it up and you're doing it one time, probably, right? And it's gonna, you're not going to change it a whole lot because you're putting a name out there for yourself. Not that we don't have logo stuff already rolling. I just don't know how to put it on the building. No, but we'll I mean, talk. No one, <laughs> okay, no one thinks that they're going to have to. I mean, when, I, when you put up a sign, especially if you put up a really nice sign, like you're doing good work. You know, there, I know there's cheap sign shops out there. That'll give you a, a decent little cheap sign. Mm-hmm. You're doing like lasting quality. And that says something about the business. They're not going to change that. They want that to be they want that to be hanging in the fifth building that they've owned because their business kept growing and they and the old one got demolished or something but they kept the sign because it was so beautiful and it's iconic for their business. They live they live long after everybody's gone. Yeah, the signs yeah. are are really cool that way. They, they persist. Totally, yeah. And I feel like they, like, I love um, kind of some of the opening lines of the Minneapolis City sign ordinances because they just talk about how how important signage actually is. Mm-hmm. So, yes, on the one hand, it's like I'll push back on, you know, some of these things. Like, oh, why does it cost so much money or why is it taking so long? But it's like the sign has, like, the opportunity. Like, you used a bar as a landmark earlier. Yeah. And that bar probably not a lot of people have been into that bar in town but everyone knows exactly what you're talking about because the signage is true. so strong that's so, right you know yeah. that's so, right. and I think it true. defines the so character true. of that neighborhood like you know totally. that is in, it's like in northeast yeah. right so there's like yeah. it's like all those iconic I'll give dive Dusty's bars. a little shout out little like shout Dusty's, out to Dusty's great and I haven't been in there just what you said but Hand I know exactly where it's at yeah I have been in there because I love those northeast dive bars I feel like there's like a thing of like aspiring to to like that level of like grunge, you know. Oh, totally. I mean, it's a fantastic little joy. I gotta put yeah. that on my short list. Yeah, that's well, that's a really visit. good one. I'll get you. You're gonna come up and visit. Right. Well, Dusty's gonna be a regular joy for me. <laughs> if, it's if right Dusty's next door. Like, <laughs> if it ever closes, it's gonna be that sign is gonna remain there, and it's gonna like fade beautifully. And yeah. the next tenant is gonna want to keep that because yes, it's like a part of history. Or someone's gonna buy it. Yeah, like it's it's not even losing value. It's getting older and it's probably growing. In right. value. And it's like oh, I'm in the Dusty's building. I'm in the old Dusty. Building. Not yeah. that Dusty's is ever going to go right. out of business. But. Right, yeah. right. But everything changes. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that is that's a, just a classical dirt bag bar. Yeah. What was the other yeah. one that just went out? Uh, they got bought out. That was there forever. Right in the, by the Twin Stadium. Mm-hmm. Oh man, <laughs> it was a dance hall music. I know what you're talking about. Oh. I can't think of it. It's not my. Not my place. Yeah. I can't think Anyways, of it. Anyways, I used to go there a lot, and it's so sad that that built that one's gone too. Yeah, I mean that's uh, you know, well, so the building itself, the 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 architect, or the architecture, but the architect who designed. So like I, I think about this when I look at all these new buildings coming up, like a really beautifully designed building 
is iconic in and of itself, right? And then the sign is like this extra special part of it too, whether that's the painting on the on the side that they let fade forever, but it's still you can still see it like on the grain belt building, you can still see it and and you might think like, well why wouldn't we fix that? Like because it's like it's fading yeah. into perfect whatever. But so that you know you can't like you can't throw a really good sign on a crappy building and hope that all that works out. But like these the, the nicer buildings get the nicest signs and they become such a part of the community. So, so, do, so do you plan on to keep growing your business? And if you do, if the answer is yes, how will you make another you? Oh, goodness. Yeah, I, I like feel like I had a crazy moment of clarity when I met you on that job site mm-hmm. where you just like kind of said in passing something very earth shattering to me, oh. which is what happens whenever you like listen to a, a more experienced trade person and they just like casually say three <laughs> sure. words. But you basically were like, you created a job for yourself and not a business. Oh. And so, and I, I thought that there was a lot of truth to that. And I, I think that um, I have right now, like, I think I'm in a hard spot because I think of myself so much as being in an emerging position, but I know that I have more work than I can do by myself. And I have so much more to give. Like I'm really interested in developing signage products Mm -hmm. that are better than some of the like off the shelf type signage products that are available right now. Cause Mm -hmm. I know what kind of recurring needs clients have. Um, So I think that I want to develop that. Um, and and I don't know how how that exactly looks, you know, because right now that's all happening out of house, but like a nice little passive income stream. Um, and I have, even though I feel very much like an emerging professional, I have also like um, basically a journeyman sign maker working with me a little bit. And I think that that's how you do it. And I and I think it's it's really hard for me to ever relinquish any of the control or ever delegate. <laughs> right. Because yeah, when you build, you know, a like a kind of like brand that's like part of that like social media thing where you are selling like a cult of personality, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's it's really hard when it's not you that shows up at that at the person's doorstep. I, I think we've all actually been there. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I, I that happened with the construction company. It's with my tile work. I'm purposefully going your direction. People are hiring me, and and that's okay because I'm. It's it's not the way. It's not my future. I'm not trying to grow a big business and and compete with all the other tile installers. I should, um, we'll get you connected with like Mercedes Austin, who's a friend of mine and, and some I've other done some work for her. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> and I listened to her episode of, um, legacy matters. Well, that's great. And what, I mean, that's, that's really good because what she's done is taken a passion, a, an ability to do mosaic tile work, turned it into a tile manufacturing business. And now is going back to getting back to her passion for doing mosaics. Yeah. But she, um, you know, I think she could, people like her. So seeking mentors like that who can explain to you, I didn't, I hope that didn't come off the wrong way. You've created a job for yourself and it's a great job, but scaling a a sign business Mm -hmm. is a whole different thing than painting signs, you know? So I think, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I think, um, you know, that, that idea that, you know, for, okay, put it in my own. So I created this business. I'm, you know, it's reader home restorations. It's mine. They expect me to be the one there doing it. I, I think, I think it's more of a psychological boundary than an mm-hmm. actual boundary. Like they just want to know that you're in control 
and things are being done to your standards, that you're there whenever they have a problem, those kinds of things. People expect other people to be working for I would say you have to grow to that point like I'm guessing you had to grow to that oh, point it's, Lori. it's really really hard to let go yeah. if you were a master in what you do and as a master carpenter or maybe has been but master carpenter <laughs> it, it was so hard to not do it myself and to pass it on and to see people not doing it up to my standards mm-hmm. but to I, was it was either that or grow the business and mm-hmm. I thought well got a family to feed and a roof to keep over my head and I'm going to go down the business path but I will admit to right now this is the first time I haven't gone out to the field and helped my crew this year probably and I'm and and trusting them but uh and even higher, having them work in my own home because I want to do it all myself, right? Mm-hmm. So, yep. so I've been, you've just been letting go over the years and, and building the business. And the other piece of that was when uh, I named my business Wonder Woman Construction, There, I thought, that's me. They want me showing up. Yeah. I'm, they want a woman showing up. And, and, how, and I'm not living up to it. And then, and even still, we just said this just the other day, it's like, I think the, that client back then wanted women working on in her house, and I'm like, the, "Here's what I tell people now: it's it's a woman running the fucking company, right? Right? <laughs> it's <know>? not. <laughs> and I have real, and I have who's going to work for Wonder Woman Construction? Really cool dudes. Yeah, you know. So you, you're good. You yes, built a- we have women, and yes, but mostly men. And and but it, uh, it comes down to the, all those men and or and women who are people that are working for me come to me for the answers. And you know, who do we want to run the world? Women, I, women, maybe I guess, women. maybe. Um, you, well, and you've created a <laughs> safe place. sharing it anyway. Yeah, you've, but you've created a safe place for, there's just not as many women in the trades as there are men. It's just a reality. Right. It's a reality. And you've, you've created a safe place for women who want to get into the trades to come figure out what that looks like yeah. and, to, and to do that. I think that's yeah, great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard one though when you're really good at your, your, so going back to that, it's really hard when you're good at what you do. No one's going to do as good as you. And nobody right. will be it. And that's, and that's okay. And that's, yeah. and that's part of that growing pain is to be like, okay, my expectations are so much higher than the clients already. Right. You know, if we're going to scale, if I'm going to make a real living doing this, that quality just naturally is going to have to come down a little bit, but it still can be, you still can be relentlessly professional in yep. doing that. And you can, you're in a position where you can train up apprentices who like you can give the opportunity to someone who's like your younger self, right. Or, or whatever age they are, if they want to get into it. Um, but you'll find that like, they'll either love working for you or they'll go out and start their own business anyway. <laughs> like, they'll just leave you and be like, Oh, right. I can, because, because they want to create their own job. And, and so you don't necessarily, you have to figure out that's what I meant with the whole creating a job for yourself versus creating a business is if you want to scale a business, you got to think of it differently than if you want to just be really good at what you do. But there's definitely money to be made in in any part of that at this point of the game, because there's not enough skilled craftspeople out there anymore. Yep. And, and you know, what I did was I just work basically just me now and charge more money and that, that works also, you know? All right, you guys, we have, um, Lori, <laughs> we've got people coming in. Merrick's got to take off. Kelsey, um, sorry for any sort of abrupt. Sorry. That's all right. We will. Um, Lori's, Lori's staff is coming back with their trucks. So this is good. Um, but let's, how would a person find you? 
on the old interwebs or uh, or social media or where like where's the best place for someone to learn about you and what you do so that they can find you and hire you um so i have a website it's sharp signs um and i'm on social media and i think what's cool about that is i show a lot of the back end and process versus just emphasis on the final result um if they're curious about sign painting and they don't live in the twin cities yep um so yeah i'm on social media at sharp signs and you travel you you will do uh, commissions yeah. in other places. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So someone can reach out and say, Hey, listen, I want to, I want to get the best and we're going to fly in here and I need a great sign. Yeah. I aspire to that. I don't know if they're getting the best, but they're definitely going to get someone who shows up at a job site and will like ratchet jaw <laughs> with them. And you know, just kind of like they're, they're getting, um, the best service. That's sure. the best. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't, uh, yeah, you're very humble about that, but like what people, you know, what, whether whether your sign is going to be better than the next person's sign is really irrelevant, right? I mean, as long, you're all doing good work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, working with someone who you enjoy working with and supporting people who do great work is is getting the best. So, I look forward to uh, having you take a look at my building and <laughs> figure out what where to go with it for some good signage. Yeah, I'm and excited. Super excited to cross paths. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. This is incredible. I'm excited for you all to interview Jessica. Yeah, I know. Other woman in the trade. Other woman yeah. in the trade. Yeah, we we Two weeks. You know, we're pretty heavy on that side of it. We we've got our dudes that come in too, and that's good. But um, yeah, any any women out there in the trades who want to know more about how you can get into the trades or just some sort of a, a sort of advice that you might want, you can always reach out to us uh, at joecontractor.com. So it's Sam or Lori or Merrick at joecontractor.com or info at joecontractor or joecontractor.com. Got it all covered. Yeah. So anyway, thanks so much for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks, Kelsey. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to another amazing episode of the most important show out there. Before we go, we want to thank you again for supporting us and for all the lovely things you say about us on social media. Shows like this grow with help from people like you. And remember, keep sending us your questions. We really appreciate the stories and the great insights we gain from our audience. We also want to remind you that you can buy shirts, hats, and more at joecontractorshow.com. Be good to each other, and we'll catch you on the next show.